Howdy folks, welcome back to the Mighty Thor Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Ed. I'm the other co-host, Terry. Uh, Terry and I sit down periodically and talk about Marvel Comics' Thor. Uh, that's what our, our podcast is about. We um, today have lined up the 1966 volume of the Mighty Thor issues 138 and 139, and the 2011 volume of Mighty Thor issue 4. Now, we are a spoiler podcast, um, so we're going to talk about the story, what's gone on before, maybe um, theorize what's going on next, the art, everything about these. So, for those 66 volume books, that might not be a big deal, but for those of you like myself who have not gotten your most recent uh, mail order, the issue four of the current volume may be spoilerish, so just keep your ear out. When we say we're getting ready to go to that one, you can you can act accordingly, um, pause it, or la 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 through it, or however you want to handle that. All right, so I guess we'll uh, start off. We'll with get started. Issue one thirty-eight. Issue one thirty-eight of the nineteen sixty-six Mighty Thor. And on the cover, which is a very nice cover, when I first um, looked at it, I thought, oh, he's rather pastel. Yeah, the coloring's weird, huh? Yeah, but what it is is he is sort of like just an image, a faded image of Thor, because really the main character on the front page is Dr. Donald Blake being pulled down into the underworld of the trolls. He has, um, for reasons as we'll find out in the book, turned himself into Dr. Blake and doesn't have time to turn back into Thor before this attack happens. So then we get to the first full page of the book, and it, and it tells you that. It's more colorized version of the front page where he's explaining that he doesn't have time to turn into Thor and he's being dragged in the clutches by the demons below. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever noticed this before. It's like the same picture, right. only They've not without done all the... Cover stuff. Yeah, they on. haven't done that before. So I, I they wonder, must have really liked that cover, which I did too. That was very full and interesting. Yeah, but I mean, to to take up a whole another page of your comic, or yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of odd what this is. Mm-hmm. And then we start the book with um, the flames of battle is the name of it from Asgard to Earth, and we get a little recap of where we are at this time. It's this is a continuing arc story. And Thor tells us, though the armies of trolls now storm the very gates of Asgard, I must descend to Earth to fight Ulic and rescue the lovely lady Sif. And this is by Stan the Man Lee and Jack King Kirby, inked by Vince the Prince Coletta and lettered by Artie the Smarty Simic. I like Artie the Smarty. They usually give him something bad, but they said Smarty this time, yeah, which, which I'm sure they meant bad, but I'm thinking it is. Yeah, it's, it's always a, a sarcastic yeah, or a throw-off kind yeah. of uh, nickname that they give Artie, but Poor little Artie. everybody else has like the more respectful. I see him as a little little tiny, underdeveloped, geeky guy with the glasses and the, pen, and the pocket protector sitting there inking away, and they're all picking on him. Uh, yeah. But anyway, we start out our story with Thor perched atop one of the uh, rooftops of the of the city. He is trying to get a hone in on Sif. He consents her because immortals can detect the presence of other immortals. He consents her somewhere there, but he needs to get down into the streets where he can actually follow this kind of sixth sense kind of thing going on there. Is yes, that dear. the first time we've seen that? I think this is the first time he's had another immortal down there on Earth with him. I know that when wasn't it Balder that came to to aid him at one time? He could tell. He that, could tell where where Thor was because of some kind of right. Yeah. They didn't really go into how, but they he just he knew just where Thor was where, throughout the whole Earth. So yeah, so this this has kind of come up before. They just yeah. haven't necessarily really used it. Yeah. So um, Thor decides he has to get down into the streets in order to really follow this uh, presence this, the, the, that he feels. And he doesn't want to be down on street level as Thor because then he'll cause too much of a ruckus and, and he wants to go unnoticed. So that's why he turns into Dr. Donald Blake. And as Dr. Blake, he says the sense of Sif is so new and so strong, that's why he can still sense her even though he's Dr. Blake at this time. So he's down there looking for her, and unbeknownst to him, he's being watched by the trolls. And they know that he's turned into Dr. Blake. 
and they are very thrilled by that because they can manage him much better as Dr. Black than they ever could as Thor. So then we go to the trolls underground, and we see that they have all this lovely machinery. Thank you so much, Mr. Kirby, for all this lovely machinery that you've created. And uh, they're talking about how Oracle, O-R-I-K-A-L. Yes, not the Oracle from the Matrix movies. No. Oracle is apparently the force of their power behind them. And he's even stronger than Olek, but they don't want Olek to hear that because then Olek will beat the crap out of him because he's right there and Oracle is not. So we see that the Lady Sif is in this little bubble being kept captive. She's unconscious and can't do anything. And they're so happy that they see Thor is approaching to help her. And Olek is like, this is what I've been waiting for. You know, I'm, I'm ready to kill Thor. I don't think he's too happy that he's, he's Dr. Blake right now because he wants to kill Thor. Right. He, he doesn't to want to kill himself. Dr. Blake. He wants to kill Thor. He wants to prove himself. And Thor, meanwhile, up on the street, feels that he is standing right above where the Lady Sif is because he can really feel her presence very strongly. And the trolls underneath also see that he is right above them, and they use a molecule disperser ray in order to make the, the asphalt go away so that they can reach up there and grab him, which is the front cover where they are reaching up and grabbing Dr. Blake and pulling him down. And he wasn't expecting it, so he has not turned into Thor. So they're they're very happy. They get him down under underneath the street, and they take his cane, and they realize that it is the hammer of Thor, that it just needs to be tapped. They've been paying attention, and they understand how that all works. And they are planning on tapping it so that they can uh, turn it into the hammer. That they don't understand. Apparently, they weren't really paying attention that closely. They knew how to do it, but they didn't realize that it had to be Dr. Blake that tapped it for it to turn into the hammer so that he turned into Thor. So now the trolls decide they want to tap that? Yeah, they want to tap it. Yes, they do. So they are tapping away saying, why isn't this working? And Dr. Blake's like, because it only works when I hold it. It's enchanted. Silly goofs. And all it comes in and says, just stand aside. I will make him talk. And the the other man that's there, the other troll that's there is like, tell me, buddy. You really don't want him to tell you. You You don't want him near you. You want to tell me. And, and Dr. Blake's like, well, just, just tap it one more time and it should work because he plans on reaching out and touching it as it taps. And that's all that has to be done for him to turn into Thor. So as the troll taps the, the cane, he manages to reach out and touch it and spatak, S-P-T-A-K-K-K, exclamation point, spatak, he turns into Thor. And the hammer, of course, goes straight to him because that's what it's supposed to do. And Ulrich is like, stand aside. It is time for me to get my business on. So then he tells Thor, he's, he's putting his little, his little fist pounders on, and he's telling Thor, now you've had it. So they go into battle. <laughs> Almost like the one guy cracking his, his knuckles, knuckles before yeah. he gets before into the, the fight. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> and... Uh, Thor's like, um, you, you, you done dissed my woman, you've profaned her name, you have threatened me, and your minions are threatening Asgard. Come on, come at it, let's just go. So thus begins a, a lovely battle between them. But we then now we switch back to Asgard, where we see this is another magnificent page. Well, it's three quarters of a page. There's a lot of these in this issue. And, and next the next issue, issue I yes. Think. There's, there's a lot of yes. three-quarter three page yeah. spreads that he this, did. This is a lovely three-quarter page spread showing the um, warriors of Asgard fighting against the trolls, saying that they have to hold fast, that they're outnumbered, and, and the trolls are like, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, we've got them outnumbered. And the Asgardians are like, but that's okay, we are fighting in the name of Odin, we will stand fast, but we have to have some reinforcements. So they send a rider off to get reinforcements, and the trolls were just waiting on him. They capture him as he's riding out. And they um, take him down to the underground and say that they are going to question him. And the person in charge down there, the troll king, who is in charge of Ulrich and Oracle, he has um, trapped Oracle 
apparently we find out here in this sequence right here because he calls upon Oracle to, to tell him what's really going on because he wants to kill the prisoner, but he wants to make sure that he knows what's going on with Asgard and and how his foisters are doing against Asgard itself. So before he kills the prisoner, he says, well, let's talk to Oracle. So he is Jaradar, king of the trolls, and he commands Oracle to appear so that he can ask him because Oracle can see all. And up rises this, here we have another full page of this monstrosity of a man form with a masked helmet on and, and great armory kind of things on his arms. He's got a whole suit of armor on. And this is where we find out why Oracle is helping them, just who he is. Because we know he's not a troll from looking at him. He's not a troll. He is some great magnificent beast of some sort, man beast of some sort. And we are told here, Gordor goes into the story, says, you are my prisoner. Ever since you appeared from another universe, you were lost and bewildered, and I have made you serve me. I have you trapped in the flames. So apparently Oracle cannot move through fire. So he is trapped in the flames of an unending volcanic flame that only the trolls can, can control. And that is why he is following the lead of the, of the king of the trolls. And he says, you have to help me. He, tell, he reminds him, you're helping me because after you help me overwhelm Asgard, then I'm going to let you go so you can go back home. So now we switch back to Ulic and Thor, who are fighting for the lovely Lady Sif, Thor's honor, and the glory of Asgard, so they can get back to so Thor can get back to Asgard and help them in their fight. Uh, just now, I, I remembered the name. Uh, the The way that this oracle is and, and drawn and everything like that uh, reminds me of Kirby's. Um, uh, Celestials, okay, uh, which is a, a, a gigantic race from uh, off Earth that are responsible for the creation of the Eternals, the um, humans, and the um, yeah, the ugly Eternals. Name is escaping me at the moment, but okay. uh, this and, and the way that this giant robot or, or creature is and everything, this may be like a, a predecessor to what he did with the Celestials, because I, I don't think the Celestials have appeared yet. I don't remember them, so. Uh, but they will, they will start popping up because they're basically, well, anyway. So if you folks want to learn about Celestials, Wikipedia is your friend, but. Um, so this this could be like the first of of his thinking along the lines that led to him creating the Celestials because that's also a, a, a recurring group of creatures that he creates for Marvel and, and they use in various places. Okay. So like I said, we've gone back to Earth where Alec and Thor are battling. Deviants. Deviants. That was the ugly Eternals. Okay. The Eternals and the Deviants because, yeah... I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get into that story because that's, that'll, yeah. Your geek is about to take over. Write it in. Write it in. It's, it's a longer story, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. The deviants, the Eternals, and the humans were created, supposedly, by the Celestials. So, okay. Sorry. So, Alec and, and Thor are battling, and um, Alec comes at Thor, and Thor kind of dodges him because he's the faster of the two. And and the, it's just magnificent pa- panels of them battling. this two superhuman, super strengthed beings coming at each other. I mean, Thor is, is constantly saying that, man, his strength is almost the equal of mine, and, and, and he's, he's able to do this stuff. And, and Ulrich's saying, why isn't he dying? He should be dying by now. Die! You know, die, die. And Thor's like, no, um, by the bristling beard of Odin, I'm going to strike you. You shall not defeat me. And Ulrich's like, nothing can defeat the power, the invisible power of Ulrich. He likes to talk to himself about himself in the third person. And he hits he hits Thor in the in the hand arm area, trying to make him drop the hammer, because what they want is that hammer. That's what they were originally after when they pulled him down as Doctor Blake, and that's what Ulrich is wanting here now. He wants not only to defeat Thor, but he wants the hammer, the hammer right. because they're wanting the hammer back at home. You know, so he, he's he's remembering that part of his mission, even though he's got a a lust for blood here. And uh, Thor's like, well, you 
no, I'm not letting go of my hammer. It shall never leave my hand again. Forget it. And all, they keep battling. There's there's many panels of them just battling back and forth. And finally, they think that he has vanquished Thor. And all the other um, trolls. trolls come and gather around and kind of lay on top of him. And Thor rises up and says, you just don't know. You haven't faced the son of Odin before. And he throws them all off. So while he throws them all off, he's resting there for a minute trying to uh, figure out what he's going to do next. And he sees, because they have they have hit against the walls and busted things up while they've been fighting, and part of the wall has fallen down, and he can see through the hole that um, Sif is laying there in her little chrysophagus kind of thing. It's clear. And he can see her laying there, and he's like, hmm, how do I get her out? I can't just shatter it, because what if that kills her? I don't know how this is being sustained. I don't know how she is inside, and I don't want to injure her. So he lets he puts his hammer down in order to have both hands free to try to figure out what's going on. And one of the little trolls who has the orb of Oracle, which looks like a, a, a case of some sort with a magical power inside. And when he opens that up, because Thor has laid the hammer down, it attracts the hammer. Not sure how, but it attracts the hammer and it goes inside the case. And that's the reason that it's inside the case with the magical power is the only reason I can suppose that this little troll can then lift it up over his head and carry it off. Because normally when Thor lets go of the hammer, no one can lift it. Well, it's I, so heavy. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it's But it has to be, to be the, it's supposed to, I guess it has to be the power of Oracle. I, I suppose, which is a an alien power, so mm-hmm. that means it supersedes any magical power and i, I, I don't know. but that that's that's how it's being explained to us yeah. and without explaining to C- us kind of a, a loophole yeah in in previous story logic that they are using for this one too sorry guys uh terry's sitting across from me here making weird faces at me um it's my same old face which uh, no so um i guess just to you know, they want to do something in the story, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, we'll do it this way. We have to get the hammer, so yeah. let's make it uh, a magical beam of something from you know, this higher entity. And Even though it's like, well, but... Well, you told us that nobody... Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't... Not this time. Yeah, this is an exception. There's yeah. always an exception so to the rules. But Thor right now is very panicked, because he doesn't have his hammer anymore. He doesn't know where it is. He's assuming that they have it. And he is like, what am I going to do? And he's threatening them, saying, you don't know what you've done. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. We don't need you anymore. And so they go through this kind of dimensional tunnel. For our first-time listeners, what's the big deal about him not having his hammer? He's going to turn back into Dr. Donald Blake in 60 seconds. 60 seconds. is supposedly. Yes. All he has as Thor on Earth. On Earth. Without being in contact with his hammer, he automatically will revert to Donald Blake. Yes. I was getting to that. Oh, that's okay. So, so the now trolls. I deserve the faces she's making at me. <laughs> so the trolls go back through the dimensional tunnel before Thor can, can get to them and try to take his hammer back, and they go back to be and telling taunting him that Asgard is now doomed because he has failed. So he is beating upon the rock where they have just gone through, going, "I need my mallet." But meanwhile, while the trolls have vanished... Sounds like a personal problem I know, to me. I know. I, I don't know. Because the trolls have vanished and are no longer there, whatever power they had that created them, the sphere, the carsophagus the that, that Sif was in, it now starts to, to just disappear, and she wakes up. And she's like, well, the trolls are gone. The spell has ended. I can feel that, but I can also feel that there's despair and defeat in the room. And she turns around, and she sees Thor thumping against the, the stone wall going, I have failed. We are undone. They have taken my hammer. I'm, I, 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 I don't know what to do. Kind of like that autistic child that would just yes, bang its yes. head on the wall. And so it's like, well, we have to go after them then. We, we have to find them because we have to get your hammer back. And, and Thor's like, well, we're stuck here without the hammer. I can't leave, and I'm going to turn back into Donald Blake in 60 seconds. There's nothing I can do. Then we switch back to Asgard, where Odin and his higher-up minions are talking about how the battle's going, and they're telling him that it's not going well at all, that that, that it looks really bad for Asgard. And Odin's like, well, then I'm just going to have to join the fray. I'm just going to have to to help here. 
and they hear a noise and they realize just how close the trolls are. And then we go to a half page of some more wonderful machines by Mr. Kirby. There's several different kinds of flying machines. There's a few tank-looking machines rolling around here. And the bastions have been reached. The enemy is upon us. And even the power of Odin cannot stand against us now. That is what the trolls are saying. They're saying no mercy. And then we have a lovely full page of advancing trolls. Saying leave no one alive. The immortals must be crushed. They look different. There's no two the same. They have various weapons in their hands. And they're on to create a sea of destruction towards the castle royal. Then we go to a panel of Odin and his higher echelon warriors fighting. Trying, Odin's trying to think of how he's going to continue this fight. How, what he can do with his Odin power that might help this fight. And he's wondering where Thor is. Because he hasn't seen him yet. And Thor is back. We go back on Earth. And Thor is talking to Sif saying, I know I have to get up there. But I only have 60 seconds. I'm not quite sure what to do. And Sif's like, you must think of a way. You must think of something that will help. And Thor is is just besought with, with grief. Saying, if the Thunder God fails, then what will befall Asgard and Earth? And that's the end of this issue. He is. He's like a little girl. More like a little girl. I agree. Just get her done. I'm telling you. <clears throat> so now we go on to the continuation of this story in one, in issue 139, The Mighty Thor from 1966. Yeah, this is the, what, third or fourth, fourth issue I do of this believe. story? I do believe it's yeah. the fourth of this story. It's been going on a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we have a, um, on the cover is a rather large, it's supposed to be Orlick, Oracle. In his flames, with a Thor and Sif down, smaller versions down below, reaching in. Thor looks like he's trying to fight. And the title of this story is To Die Like a God. So Thor and Sif are still on Earth, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Thor is just despaired beyond despair, saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I am reduced to impending helplessness. And Sif is vowing to stay by her side forever and always. This is also Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Vince Coletta, and Sam Rosen in this issue. I guess Artie took an issue off. I guess so. Sam decided that he would fill fill in there. Fill in there. Pinch it. So they're they're still talking about what they're going to do, and they hear they're (laughs) underground, so Thor hears a train, a subway train coming, and he's like, I know what I'm going to do. He's like, and Sif's like, what? What what are you going to do, Thor? He's like, well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to take care of this because, you know, even my 60 seconds is almost over. And even if I die, then perhaps I'll reach Valhalla as Thor and I can do something there. And Sif's like, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? And Thor's jumping in front of the train and Sif is like, no, we can get to, to Asgard my way. I can take us to Asgard. And Thor's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You have that power to reach Asgard. Why they didn't think about why, this? Why did she offer it 60 seconds goes as, by pretty fast. As soon as he says, oh, I don't know what to do. I can get us there. Yeah, Poof. but that's, she, that's she was that. too busy trying to calm her man all, down. All this soap opera, yeah. all soap opera drama. Yeah. So with seconds to spare, Sif starts transporting them to Asgard as only an immortal can do. So they're, they're going to Asgard. They're going, they realize the first thing they have to do is try to get the Enchanted Hammer back so that they can help. And Thor is like, Sif, I'm forever in your debt. And I would think so, little man. And she has saved her butt. Okay. Sorry, I was just, I was distracted. I, I was making weird faces. Yes, time. yes. Okay. So they end up on, uh, they, they land somewhere on Asgard. In, in the vicinity of the hammer. In the vicinity of the hammer where the trolls are. Because that's what she did. She tried to take them to where the hammer was. So they are in the dreaded heart of the troll domain. And, and it looks very dark and sinister and threatening. And they hear the thump, thump, thump of, of feet coming. And Thor's like, stand back. You're just merely a woman. And she's like, I just saved your butt. What do you mean merely a woman? 
I am an Asgardian female, and I will fight. If I need to die, I shall die. Basically, she said, woman this. Yep. I am woman, hear me roar. So the, a company of trolls march by. They're, they're building more weapons. They, they, they get down into the tunnel, and they see the different weapons that are there. And he's like, where did these come from? Whose brain conceived such awesome alien instruments of doom? Little did he know that it truly was an alien. It was alien, yeah. Yes, it was. So now we have another quarter panel. Yeah, quarter page. Yeah, quarter, yeah, quarter panel of, of a tank and some other weapons that uh, Kirby has done. Once again, wonderful. And the, it's rolling forward saying, onward, onward, death to Asgard. They seem to have this one litany that they like to cry. And they're, they're on their way to um, defeat, finally defeat Asgardians. And they're, they're bragging about the fact that they're going to defeat Asgardians because no immortal, no enchanted hammer, no nothing can stop them now. And they get close, and uh, Odin calls all his warriors by his side and says, we do not fight the trolls alone. There is some other power that helps them. If he finally realized that the trolls are well more advanced than they should be right. in this fight. And he says, and he finally says, and he's, He's like, there's there's some other power. So now the power of Odin and the power of Thor could save the day. But we don't know where Thor is. And, and he's troubled by that. He says, but that's okay. I'm going to use my Odin power now. So he pulls out his staff. And he lights it. I don't know what gun. Yeah, he activates just... it. Anyway, he, he somehow, whatever he does with that staff, a beam of light comes out. And it sort of disintegrates, dissolves into nothing. The tank that's coming toward them. And the um, trolls are a little worried now because they're like, oh, he's pulled out the big guns. Where is the mighty Ulic? Where is King Gordor? Where, where, we, we need some help. And the other trolls like, keep your courage, you sniveling fool. We, we, we got our people. We'll, we'll get to them. So there's a huge cannon brought out against the powers of Odin. It's an Ultra Force Cannon created by Oracle, and they target it right toward Odin, and they fire it. It hits the power of his scepter, and it goes out. It thoroughly drains the power of Odin's scepter. And Odin's like, hmm, I've never seen this before. What am I going to do now? Oh, well. He throws down the scepter, picks up his sword, and says, Onward as guardians, let honor follow and, do, and win this battle. So now we go back to Sif and Thor, who have found the hammer at last. Sif spot, spots it, of course. And they go after it. And it, and it seems like Ulic has a hammer that's been fashioned by Oracle that duplicates Thor's hammer. So he's holding both hammers. And, he's, and he sees Thor, and he's like, Come on, I'm ready to take him on. I'm ready to slay him. And his buddies are like, yeah, yeah, you've not done it before. Uh, you, he's, he's defeated you before. And Olic's like, stand aside. I am supreme. And while he's talking, Thor reaches out his hand. And the, the hammer that is Thor's leaves Olic's hand and goes to Thor. Because that's what it's supposed to do. And Sif sends him off into battle with a keep thy arm steady and thy aim true. And Thor walks off. In the name of Asgard, I do strike. So him and Ulic go back into battle again. We've seen this a lot. There's some new words here. Thong, spook, and batang during this huge battle of hammer against hammer. That's why we have different sounds, because it's the metal hitting the metal. And while they're doing that, the other trolls see that Sif is there. And they're like, well, let's capture her again. And she, being pissed off by the first capture... It's like, mm, you're not going to take me this time. She, she gets one of the trolls and knocks him down and grabs up his sword at the same time and begins fighting all the trolls that come at her. And she's doing a darn good job, too, let me just tell you. So the trolls call back to Gordor, the king, and say well, something has to be done. Something has to be done because Ulic is not going to win this fight. So... The king says, everyone, destroy, destroy Thor. So when he says that, Oracle is forced to get into the into the fight. 
and a mystic vibration lifts up Sif and Thor so that they're kind of just hanging in midair so that all the trolls can just fire all their weapons at them. So they're up there hanging, trying to deflect the different arrows and spears and things that are coming at them. And Thor's trying to protect Sif, putting her behind him, saying nothing's going to happen to her. And he takes his, his hammer, and I'm not quite sure what he hits it against, but by the thousand threats of Ragnarok, Thor has spoken. There's a broom, and everybody seems to blow up. He hits the wall that they're pinned up against. Oh, okay. You can see the one panel there where the uh, the stones are, like, blowing up, taking out some trolls with them. Oh, okay. And they were, they were like, held up right next to this wall, so he just... Uh, Smacks the crap out of the wall. Reared out and hit the wall. Okay. And, and behind that wall is Oracle in his trap of flame. And they realize that he sees them and he's like, you're entering my place. And I don't want to really, I won't tell you that I really don't want to be in this battle. I am myself a prisoner. Yes, they're using my power, which is undreamed of in this universe, he says. But I am being forced to help them. I don't have a dog in this fight. And Thor realizes that he's telling the truth. And here comes Ulrich. Ulrich, who just merely wants to destroy, I think, both Oracle and Thor. He wants to destroy Oracle because they've been depending on him rather than on Ulrich to do their fighting for him. And he's jealous about that. And he wants to destroy Thor just because Thor has not been destroyed yet. He keeps battling him and being shown up because he's not destroyed him yet. So Thor starts to fight Ulrich to kind of get him out of the way. And during the battle, that he lets Ulrich kind of shows them where the power is to the flames that are hol- that are holding Oracle. Shows them the little sort of like meter there that you can turn it up, turn the flames up, and turn the flames down with. And when they do that, then Thor realizes what he can do. So he throws his hammer at Ulrich, knocks him out, goes to the switch, which will release Oracle, and tells him, now, if I hit this switch and the flames go away, will you go away? Or will you continue to help them? He says, I do not want to fight this battle anymore. I will I will leave when, when you help me. But let me tell you now, what I see because I can see everything so that I can see that the trolls are in Asgard and that they have just about overwhelmed them but they can be driven back so he, Thor turns down the flames and Oracle true to his word leaves as soon as the flames are low enough for him to, to escape their grasp and he leaves and the other trolls realize that they have lost Oracle he's gone and Thor's still living, and, and Ulrich is not there because he's been defeated. So they decide they, they might as well just retreat. They might as well just leave because they, they and one of them's like, no, we can still fight. And they're like, mm, I don't know. All you have is, is this right here. And they're like, but and Thor's like, you'll never win. He's like, but you're all alone with just a female with you, and we still have you, so perhaps there's something we can do with you. And Thor's like, as long as I have my hammer, there's nothing you can do to me. So they're like, okay. So they decide to to retreat back to their lair so that they can fight another day. Well, still up in Asgard, this is a different set of trolls who are still advancing upon Asgard. And they are still battling, but the tide has turned. The, the forces of Odin attack, so they decide they have to flee from there, too. And Odin is like, yeah, you better run, you better leave, because we're not merciful, and we're not going to do, we're going to kill y'all if y'all don't leave. And he's thinking the victory is ours, but we're sore. And then they look down the tunnel, and they see approaching Thor and Sif, and Sif is telling them the glory of Thor's battle against Ulrich and what he did with Oracle, and the fact that he was very triumphant. And Thor says, and I bring the surrender of King Gordor. He has a scroll in his hand. The war is ended. And Odin, of course, is very proud of his son. And Thor says, how stands Asgard? And Odin says, the realm endures. And so does my pride in thee. 
And Sif's right there going, oh, my man. And that's the end of that one. I like that. That whole arc? It was three issues, 137, 138, 139. Seemed longer than that. Yeah, that's – this stuff that starts getting into more of the uh, Asgardian stuff and maybe showing what Asgardians just have to live with, you know, the Mm -hmm. fact that they're at the top of the totem pole and all these other races in Asgard potentially want to knock them off. Um I think as, as it goes on, you find out, well, the reason they want to knock them off is because the Asgardians typically have been such dicks to them, mm-hmm. which, you know, paints the Asgardians as maybe not as good a good guy as we're led to believe, perhaps. You know, well, they, any, anytime you give that kind of power to anybody, they're not going to not abuse it in some way. So, yeah, they... I mean, if if nothing else, they're going to tell you, well, I know what's better for you because I'm smarter than you are. That in itself is an abuse of that right, power. Right, right. Yeah, they're not... They, they haven't, like, enslaved the right. trolls. Right, But, yeah, so... Kind of, like, just held them down. That's, yeah. Foot on the back of the man's neck, you yeah. know, holding yeah. him down. Yeah. Holding the brother down. That's, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about. All right. Uh, spoiler alert here. I'm going to talk about the uh, 2011 volume, this this current volume of Mighty Thor, issue four. Um, quick recap. Galactus is approaching Asgard to secure the seed of the world tree, uh, basically. That is like the uh, thumbnail of the storyline up to now, which has only been three issues. This is the fourth issue. So... Uh, it's written by Matt Fraction, penciled by Oliver Copil, inks by Mark Morales, and, um, well, colored by Laura Martin, and in letters by Joe Sabino. This cover is by that group also, which it's, it's a pretty cool cover. It shows uh, Silver Surfer and Thor fighting in the foreground, and in the background is, like, the huge face of Galactus so much so that that's really all you see is his face. You can't really see uh, any any other portion of his body. So the story opens with um, Kelda, uh, who we haven't necessarily seen in a little while, uh, in a rather suggestive pose, uh, perched atop a rock. Uh, Looking rough. Sp- well, yeah, she's kind of dead-ish, mm-hmm. I guess. She's uh, looking rough. W- would be. Um, as Loki, uh, apparently her and Loki got, got some kind of deal thing going on because she asks if he brought it. And he, he, he indicates, uh, yes, he, he did. Uh, even though Thor and Sif are going to be mad at me, mm-hmm. I brought it. So uh, he takes it to Kelda, and Kelda has shacked up with two other chicks who are uh, referred to as weird sisters, mm-hmm. who are very reflective of the fates. Is that what they're called? In Greek and Roman mythology, and yeah. even Shakespeare, I mm-hmm. believe, in one of his plays, referred to the three women. They were witches, witches in who could see the future, mm-hmm. and and you could get spells and, and portents from and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. So that's uh, Kelda apparently has become one of them, which I wasn't necessarily aware that there was an opening in the group, mm-hmm. but okay. So um, he has brought them something that they wanted so that in return they can give him some information about his brother that he is looking for, Loki's looking Basically, he wants to know if his brother is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess more importantly, what will happen to his brother. Loki kind of feels that maybe something's up surrounding Thor. And he's... I don't necessarily think he's feeling protective, although that's the way it's made to look. I think he's trying to get leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the scene shifts back to space. Um, space... Just outside of Earth. Can, can, yeah. What Loki wow. has brought is that lock of hair that he cut off of Sif when she was laying sleeping. Right. That time. And I am just, I, I'm kind of intrigued. I hope that 
Mr. Fraction then goes on to do something. Because for some reason, these three women wanted a lock of Sif's hair. Mm-hmm. And in return, they're willing to give Loki information. So what do they want that lock of Sif's hair for? What is it going to do for them is what I want to know. I, I so I'm sus- hoping Mr. Fraction does something with that. I suspect it will be something along the lines of voodoo. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have a, a personal item in order to control the person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I figured that that's what they're going to do. Maybe even to the extent that they want to bring Sif in as one of them and then have four... Um, weird sisters, one of which is an actual Asgardian guard, uh, goddess, perhaps they not being. We know Kelda isn't a, she's Asgardian, but she's not one of like the elite upper echelon of guardians. She's more like a guardian or a uh, Asgardian, an Asgardian like commoner mm-hmm. kind of thing. So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Um, so yeah, the, so Galactus and Silver Surfer are in Earth's dimension mm-hmm. in space. So the Asgardians have transported from their new Asgard mm-hmm. to the Earth dimension to fight Galactus, even though Galactus is in our dimension wanting the World Tree Seed, which is in their dimension. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, I don't know that Galactus can, like, cross dimensions because he's very tied into... Well, he's tied into the universe, but I've never seen any dimension-hopping stories involving Galactus. It's mm-hmm. always been our dimension, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. But um, the Asgardians attack, uh, physically attack Galactus. Thor physically attacks Silver Surfer. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, let me back up. The Asgardians physically attack Galactus. Silver Surfer comes out in defense of Galactus. Thor asks Sif to intercept Silver Surfer so that Thor can directly attack Galactus as well because Silver Surfer has come out after Thor, probably seeing him as the biggest threat to Galactus. Meanwhile, Odin and Galactus are attacking each other more um, mystically than a physical attack. So, Odin and the Asgardians, the Asgardians are fighting physically to try to take the weight off of Odin so he can do his mumbo-jumbo. And then Galactus and Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer is fighting physically to protect Galactus so that he can do his Mm mumbo-jumbo. Kind of like foot soldiers and magic users. The magic users always hang back, but they require the protection of the foot soldiers so that they can focus and do their magic-y stuff. And and that's what's happening overall. But then within that, Thor is attempting to attack Galactus physically. Silver Surfer is uh, attempting to attack Thor physically. Mm -hmm. And Sif is trying to intercept that. So they're they're basically right now is the battle. Um, Lots of of grand fireworks, lots of of energy and, and... pretty colors and and everything like that. We see uh, Thor um, engage, actually, the Silver Surfer now because uh, he sees what Sif is trying to do. So Silver Surfer tries to attack him and basically draws Thor away from trying to attack Galactus now. So Thor and Silver Surfer get into it. Odin and uh, Galactus get into each other's heads and try to make each other imagine themselves elsewhere from where they really are. And to do this, they make them relive a memory and hope that they will think and feel enough that they are in that memory, that they are in that time and place, that they won't be able to protect themselves physically. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're trying to do. Odin takes uh, Galactus back to his time as Galen. A little bit of backstory there. Again, Wikipedia is your friend on that. Um, Prior to his becoming Galactus, and Galactus takes Odin 
back to a time that he was uh, with his father, Bor, and his um, brother? Who I, I didn't necessarily, I didn't know that Odin had a brother, but um, the brother turns out to be, or, or this other figure turns out to be somebody that spoils the illusion for Odin, allowing him to break out of his uh, dream state, as it were. Uh, he realizes what Galactus was trying to do and further directs his people to press their attack on Galactus. Uh, he, he being pissed now because it's more personal or something because Galactus did the same thing to him that he was trying to do to Galactus. So all of a sudden it's personal. I don't know. Uh, back on Earth, we see Volstagg, who is uh, watching the battle that's going on in space, uh, sitting as guard, I'm, I'm sorry, um, poor choice of words, sitting, guarding Asgard. Mm -hmm. He's he's the only one that's left as they, uh, protecting Asgard on Earth, the, the castle Asgard on Earth. I don't, maybe I'm making this more complicated and trying to explain <laughs> it. I don't know, but okay. Um, so uh, Loki now has returned from uh, wherever he was talking to Kelda, which you said was the dimension that the World Eaters got sent to? That's what I thought. I was thought at the, the I thought at the end him? of the World Eaters they were being sent to a different place, and I thought that that was the same place that Kelda walked into. Okay. So, needless to say, it apparently is another dimension from the new Asgard and another dimension from Earth. Uh, it's a third place, so... Loki comes back, um, talking to Volstagg, asking him, uh, you know, basically what's going on because he's he's kind of been out of the loop doing his own things here, and um, <laughs> he uh, Loki insults Volstagg, and uh, in a playful way, Volstagg goes after him, kind mm -hmm. of as a, a little comedic relief kind of thing. So we go back to the um, battle between the Asgardians and Galactus. Uh, more pretty pictures here as Thor and Silver Surfer go after each other. But at the last moment, Thor veers from attacking the Silver Surfer and heads toward Galactus, which is his intent to begin with, uh, as Galactus now is like psychically holding off Odin and physically trying to hold off all the other Asgardians, Thor now comes in kind of as a third front to attack uh, Galactus personally. The story cuts to uh, Galen as he's uh, imagining the last moments on his home planet of Ta uh, before it was destroyed. And his mm, dream, I guess, is interrupted by Thor basically smashing into his head. Mm -hmm. So I would say that kind of pulls him out of his dream in, into the here and now. Uh, the collision enough that it, it stuns Thor, uh, potentially killing him. But then Odin slips back into a dream world in a different time and place than what originally was shown. He's um, or is that what's happening? Is this something else altogether? Because we have a figure here who is cursing a set of what looks to be wolves of some sort, all of which there's three of them, they have circles on their forehead, incomplete circles. I took it to be a continuation of the dream he had before, the memory he had before. 
Okay. And just as an older. He's he's pissed because these wolves have killed. Um, looks like I guess some other people. Mm-hmm. See, in the in the previous memory that he was having, there was some sort of um, reason for starvation. I'm not sure drought or whatever. Okay. Because they were talking about his brother was talking about them having to eat human flesh eat in order to survive, eat the dead That's to survive. Right. And um, I think this is just a continuation that perhaps somehow mystically some of the people, some of the people that Odin of the time that Odin was a child, maybe they've turned into these beasts or something because of what they've done. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it, there's, there's, no real, there's no real clear answer. Well, it's interesting to me that he would slip back into this because this was an attack from Galactus, and Galactus has not, just now been hit for a loop mm-hmm. so I, i'm that's the only thing i can think it's, is it it's, really doesn't make any other sense if, in where it is in the story kind of confusing yes okay so now uh we go back to the earth where some of the people from broxton are approaching asgard telling them uh that they want them to go back home which mm-hmm. has been an ongoing thing for the past well for all of these issues of this new volume um Silver Surfer uh, chases after Thor, who, after hitting Galactus, kind of ricocheted off to... Mars. I, I take it's Mars because it's kind of red-colored. So. And, and besides that, Thor asks him, do you want to die on Mars? Uh, well, then that would do it. I have no problem killing you on Mars. Where does he say that? Later on? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Here. After he okay. does the silence thing? Yeah, so... Um, he's crash landed on Mars and the Silver Surfer goes after him and attacks him back on, I guess, Earth. So I guess Kelda and the, the weird sisters are on Earth because we see these streaks in the sky that are caused by the battle going on between Galactus and the Asgardians. And then we see Loki walk into a cave. So it's, I'm sorry, it's not a third dimension that they're on uh, of the story dimensions. This meeting with Loki and Kelda and the Weird Sisters is going on on Earth. So apparently that's where Kelda walked. She must have left Asgard and just walked into the desert on Earth Okay. in that storyline. Um, so they have uh, done what they needed to do. They've made the three things that Loki needs to save Thor's life. With his gifts. And we see some kind of thread, looks like being held by one, what appears to be some kind of wig by one, which could be where Sif's hair came into play. Mm-hmm. And um, some kind of maybe a blanket or something. I know it's hard to tell from this picture what By they the are. By the third one, can't really tell what the third I'm, sister I'm sure is we'll know we'll know more what they are when oh, they yeah. get used. Yeah, so these are three things that Loki will need to save Thor's life. And all of the sisters, of course, have these really funky grins on their face. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it will save Thor's life, because that's what they said it would do, but... Who knows what it's going to do. There's no talk of the repercussion or consequences right. of saving his life with these things. Uh, and uh, the teaser for the next issue is Gods versus Galactus Round 2, um, which, yeah, is supposed to go on sale later on this month, so that's okay. Okay, so there we go. There is... Uh, Issue four of the current volume of Thor. So, what'd you think? I'm I'm liking this story so far. I'm digging the art. Yeah, I'm digging the art. Copil is is a very good artist. Yes, I really enjoyed that. I was trying to um, Google up some stuff about uh, Odin as a child, and the only thing I that I can see anywhere I look is that his two brothers were Vila and V, yeah, or his two right. brothers. Now that you say that, okay, are very unimportant. Everything, everything I read says that that yes, he had two brothers, but the only thing, the only thing they did was his brothers helped form Midgard from 
from the sea and blood and, and some. Okay. I mean, that's the only thing it says about him. Said actually that they're not. So he had two brothers, but mm-hmm. in these flashbacks, we're only seeing one. One. And Bor, which mm-hmm. is his father. Father. Yeah. So okay. So it could be that that Mr. Fraction is making his own story. Uh, what? Well, yeah. Which. Which is. In you know in in the Marvel mythology, it does deviate from the known Norse mythology at times. The only thing I could find that says that they were rather unimportant, except Vili, 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 was given as a hostage during the war between the Asir and the Vanir. So maybe that's why there's only one brother uh, portrayed in that shot, because the other is the Desir, who we know about. Asir. Oh, A-E-S-I-R, the Asir. We know about the Desir, but, okay. All right, all right, so there we go. Um, I think <clears throat> that's probably about it. No feedback that we've seen in any of our feedbacky places. Well, we've got a few more likes on our Facebook page. Thank you very much for liking us. And uh, excellent, uh, excellent numbers for the month of July. Thank you very much for all those of you that continue to listen. And uh, thank you for those that have tried us and stayed. Uh, for those of you that tried us and no longer listened to us, uh, I apologize. And if you let us know why you left, maybe we can do something and get you involved again. Uh, if you do want to contact us, you can email us at themightythorpodcast at gmail.com. The website uh, for the show is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. Our Facebook fan page is The Mighty Thorcast. Uh, that's where I post each of the episodes when they come up on Uh, the website, when Derek posts them on the website for us. And, of course, my continuing quest for iTunes reviews. Any of you guys that download from iTunes, which probably a lot of you that download the shows probably downloaded from iTunes, uh, please leave us a review to help others find the show if if you hopefully feel that it's worthy of of foundation there. (laughs) I want to thank Mr. Coward, uh, the... Uh, daddy and granddaddy of the Deliberate Noise and Comic Book Noise Networks, our, uh, our technical guru for the posting of the shows and everything like that, website-related. Um, Terry, anything else you want to say no, on the way out? Just looking forward to uh, a new story in the 66. Uh, we'll yeah. be starting a new yeah, storyline. We'll and continuing to find out just what Loki has gotten himself into and how they are going to feed, how. Thor is going to defeat Galactus. Oh, did find at the beginning of this issue, uh, which I hadn't seen in the previous issues, but I may have missed it, uh, an indication that this story that's occurring in these, the first part of this Mighty Thor volume occurs before the Fear Itself storyline that is going through the Marvel Universe, but also has um, caught up in it the Journey into Mystery volume mm-hmm. that is running concurrently with this Thor volume, but focusing on Loki. Now, Loki is doing all of these things, but the things Loki's doing in the Mighty Thor are not the same things he's doing in his book. So even that is separated. He's busy. There, there's no connection there. Uh, all we know is this happened before, uh, which I guess the end of the previous volume of Thor which led right into uh, fear itself. It, it didn't, or I, you know, I don't know. We we know where this goes, basically, this volume of thought, but we still don't know precisely where it fits into the story. Mm-hmm. So, I guess there was enough people asking that they finally threw up a little blurb saying where it takes place in continuity. However, we do know from current Marvel. Editor-in-Chief himself, Joe Casada, that he does not give a wit about continuity. So the stories don't have to fit in anywhere. They don't have to hook together. All they have to be is good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't happen to agree. Whole nother discussion there. So that's the way I feel about it. Uh, okay, so uh, you guys stay tuned in, and hopefully uh, we'll get a, a another episode out when the next issue of the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery comes out. Talk See to what guys. Loki's into. Also, yeah. as well as what he's into in Here. the Thor book. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys again then. Bye. This is a Teal production.